This is Leaders Lens, the show that reveals what it really takes to become a great leader. I'm Jacob Espinoza, a Fortune 500 leadership consultant and director of creator success at Workweek. Let's go. And so when we start to really understand that the journey of entrepreneurship is a personal growth journey, then we start to understand that it is important what I think, because that leads to how I act. That is important because it creates room for creativity and for leadership and all these things. And all of us have this notion that we need to be perfect at things. And it's a fallacy. It's a false narrative. It's bogus, but it's real. It can be very real. And that voice in your head can put you down this road that makes you hard, filled and covered with armor which is really, really difficult to build something wonderful from that type of a place. And we are back here at the Leaders Lens Podcast. I'm joined by my friend from Twitter, Lizelle Van Vuren, who's a five-time founder, marketer, venture partner with Moonshot VC, but also Women Who Startup, which is a learning community for founders. I think it's just an, an incredible initiative started back in 2012. So it's not a new kid on the block by any means. But Lizelle, I'm excited to dive in and talk leadership with you. That's amazing. Thank you for having me, Jacob. I'm happy to be here. And yeah, when people read off my resume, (laughs) there's a lot in there, man. There's a lot in there. And those are just the highlights. I'm sure there's lots that we could be talking about that don't even make the highlight reel. Exactly right. Yeah, we can get into some more stuff. Well, something that I I always appreciate about you, Lizelle, is your energy. I feel like whether Mm. I'm interacting with you on Twitter or when we jump on a call together, I feel like I always leave smiling because you have this just like optimism, like let's just fucking do this attitude about Mm. things, which is just contagious. So I really appreciate and admire that about you. And I'm excited to dive in and talk leadership. So when you think leadership, when you see founders that are having success, what are the things that you're seeing them doing that, that maybe differentiate their approach and help separate them from the crowd? First of all, thank you for all those compliments. I will happily do this once a month so you can boost up my ego. And my Monday morning. That's let's just every, every Monday, Monday morning we're going to connect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody needs a, a hype man or a hype woman. I'm usually everybody's hype woman. And so sometimes it's just really refreshing to have someone remind you that you are human and what you're doing seems to be resonating. So that's very, very cool. I love that. I think that we can do a better job of giving people their flowers, right? Like we think of like, don't wait to tell someone how much you appreciate them. Don't wait to remind someone you care. Like make that part of your just day, make that part of your routine that you see somebody and it's just, you're wired that way, right? You just make it a habit to recognize something about them because you don't know what that's going to mean to somebody, right? Someone can be at a really low point and just hearing that could just shift their perspective and remind them of the value that they bring. And I think that's the approach that we, we both share. I love that. We do share that. And I think it's so, actually, it's like one of those human critical components. It enhances the human experience, which is to say, can you allow yourself to be confident enough for you to share with others what they're exceptional at? Mm. Can you be a mirror for others in their exceptionalism? And it can change your world. It can change your own personal world to shed that kindness onto others, to be a mirror for other people. We'll come back to that first question (laughs) because we're already jamming. Okay, so set me up for that first question again, Jacob. Like, it's about leadership. 
and entrepreneurs, but set me up for that one more time, please. Yeah, I wanted to capitalize on that energy we had going there. But the the question was, the things that founders that are finding success with teams, what are they doing differently to, to differentiate themselves as leaders? With teams? Yeah. Yeah, with others, yeah. So entrepreneurship is really interesting to me. If you asked me this question maybe 10, 15 years ago, I think I would have given you a textbook answer which is, well, you know, success as an entrepreneur means you're finding product market fit and your product or service is out in the market and you're making money and and that's success, right? All of that's true, but entrepreneurship is an interesting journey of personal growth. And I believe that as an entrepreneur, real success means that you've really started to focus on figuring yourself out. So success can also be, not can also be, I think the essence of success as an entrepreneur is an inside job. Yes, you need to make revenue. Yes, you need to find product market fit. Yes, you need to build a business with a strong revenue model. Yes, you need to cultivate a culture for other people to want to come join you on the journey of building this product or service or what have you. All that comes from where? You the founder, the initiator, the leader. And if you don't have your shit together, it will transcend into your team and that will transcend into everything that your company does. So I'll pause there, you know, and we can jam on that. No, I love that. And I think that it requires the vulnerability to just be willing to admit that I'm not a perfect person. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to learn from them and grow. Because there is this kind of instinct sometimes when we have people that are looking to us for guidance that we want to come across like we're perfect all the time. I know for me as a coach, I definitely still struggle with it. Where like if I show I'm weak or I show I have this problem, like why is somebody going to want to hire me and work with me? But the reality is like that authenticity, one, it allows people to connect with us because they see us as people, but it also um, allows us to grow and improve and, and get better, which is just such a critical element of being an effective leader. Yeah. And I think, listen, I think a lot of people think about the word vulnerability in the wrong way. 10 years ago, vulnerability to me felt like scary. Hmm. Had to take all the armor off, had to shine a real light on all my insecurities and all the things that I wasn't perfectly good at or perfect at. Perfection has a deep relationship when it comes to entrepreneurs. Because I believe that entrepreneurs usually show up for the job of entrepreneurship, not because they're like, they just wake up one morning and we go, oh, you know what I'm going to be? I'm going <laughs> to be an entrepreneur today. Yeah. I think our lives, for some of us, it's our childhoods. For some of us, it's our young adolescence. For some of us, it's our young adulthood that had a set of experiences in our lives that we endured, that created a lot of resilience. And that resilience translated into knowing how to take on a lot. Hmm. And we can go deeper into that because I have a, a deep conversation about conscious entrepreneurship and starting to understand that a lot of entrepreneurs build from a place of trauma. And when we start to face some of that reality within ourselves, we can work on that and make room for more vulnerability, for more coachability, for more leadership, for more of the good stuff, for more of our exceptionalism and our ability to be the best versions of ourselves, which again, transcends 
like, you know, a waterfall into the teams that we build, the people we attract to come build with us, and that absolutely penetrates into what we're building, then the customer feels that. And they refer, you know, people think it's like, well, it doesn't matter like who's building a product. No, really, it does. It does. <laughs> it does. It matters also where we're building from and why. A lot of entrepreneurs start over when they take the journey of entrepreneurship. Many women that I've met by the thousands over the years were coming out of a bad divorce, were coming out of a corporate career that nearly killed them, coming out of burnout. Then I started talking to just all entrepreneurs in general for the last 10, 15 years, and everybody, some chip on their shoulders, some motivation, some drive, some hunger. And a lot of that has to do with how we feel about ourselves. Hmm. And so when we start to really understand that the journey of entrepreneurship is a personal growth journey, then we start to understand that it is important what I think, because that leads to how I act. That is important because it creates room for creativity and for leadership and all these things. And all of us have this notion that we need to be perfect at things. And it's a fallacy. It's a false narrative. It's bogus, but it's real. It can be very real. And that voice in your head can put you down this road that makes you hard, filled and covered with armor, which is really, really difficult to build something wonderful from that type of a place. And I think a lot of us learn this the hard way. A lot of us just have to walk through those experiences and learn from it the hard way. And I think that makes us all really human. But if we can have Ugh, and this one's tough, the patience. I'm, I'm very bad with being patient. <laughs> Never met a patient woman. <laughs> but if we can be patient with ourselves to understand that I don't have to beat myself up for the last 10 years of how I did things. Instead, what if I was grateful for all the things that I tried and failed at because I was learning? And that learning put me on a trajectory of just constantly, you know, filling my backpack with information, with knowledge, with experiences. But sometimes it's also important to take some of that out of the backpack because it can become a burden. You become a weight of the world on your back. And so I say, you do this long enough, you're going to get to understand that it's all about getting to know yourself. And that knowing of that self can really transcend into becoming who you really want and are, yeah. not just who you want to be, but who you are. Yeah. And then you can give yourself permission to still learn, fail, Yeah. but to do things and work from a place of a little bit more abundance than just like self-punishment, which yeah. is like, be good, be best, be perfect, be the, no. And sometimes we have this idea of what that should look like based off of this person that we put on the pedestal that we feel like is excellent and we want to be like them. So we try to emulate what they do. But the reality is when we become more self-aware, we realize like we're actually going to be successful doing things our own way. We're going to find a lot mm -hmm. more success doing things our own way based on our own strengths, our own experience, our own relational web, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. But it takes doing the work to, to become that self-aware. In your experience, just with different coaches you worked with and just your own journey, what helps in this atmosphere of people really recognizing what they need to do to be at their best? So it's interesting. I 
never have worked with an executive coach until about 2020, late 2020, 2021. I was building Undock. It was my more recent tech startup that I was building as a co-founder. And it was a friend of mine and she was getting certified in her coaching and she said, listen, would you be one of my guinea pigs? I need to get my license. I will do this for free, of course. And we would do this like on a weekly cadence and it'll be like, you know, eight to 10 sessions. And I was like, absolutely. I was like, I love talking to you anyway, but like, let's talk about some real, real stuff, right? Like, let's get for real. And she was extraordinary. So for me, it was the right type of person to curate a platform for us to talk about business, me as a co-founder, co-founder relationships, you know, that kind of stuff, business-related stuff, but also our human stuff. And it was my first experience, and I've met a thousand coaches over over my career, right? Like part of my community was filled with them. And I always had like a, you know, like coaches. And I think a lot of founders have a, there's like for everyone startup founder, kind of like lawyers, (laughs) there's like a dozen and a half coaches and finding a great coach for you is like any relationship. You have to do your work. You know, like any two people are not going to bring out the best in each other. It's no different for an entrepreneur trying to find an executive coach. Mm -hmm. What was wonderful is we were friends. And so I had that kind of little extra credit there and, and that notion. And it was a wonderful experience. There I was every week with an hour where I could just express things that were burdening me relationship issues between me and my co-founders that I wanted to kind of nurture and figure out and hear other perspectives on, learn about other formulas and frameworks where I could try and solve these things. And also I was challenging with myself, which is to say, please challenge my perspective. Am I looking at this wrong? Why may I be looking at it from this point of view? What work can I do internally to change my perspective. Is this about me? You know, and, and usually this shit is always about us, right? I mean, it is and it isn't. So that was a really positive experience. And I highly recommend that people give coaching a trial and error kind of approach. And I do think it's about the relationship that you can build with another human being that gives you a platform and an opportunity, time and space to talk about really, really challenging things. But one of the most important things I've done for myself this year, for myself, which I think will infiltrate into whatever I build next, is I made a promise to myself that before I build my next company, I was going to hire a therapist. There were some things that I have been working on and working through for many, many years, my most of my adult life. But I put some things off and coaching seemed like an interesting route. And I'm very holistic, kind of wellness, kind of oriented person. And I knew that there was just some things that were blocking me from living up to my full Lizelle potential. And this was the year and I felt it kind of coming for a couple of years. And I made that decision and I found a therapist that is extremely versed in working with entrepreneurs. And that was really important to me. Somebody that could understand that entrepreneurs are the business of nervous systems. Mm. <laughs> there is nothing about an entrepreneur that is not constantly like triggering, tinkering, poking at the nervous system, especially if you're a startup founder, which is a different dimension of entrepreneurship. When the pressures 
of the market and the industry and entrepreneurship is about speed and it's about rigidness and it is about velocity. And it was the greatest thing that I could have done for myself. The work is very hard. It's very difficult. Therapy is not a joke. If you are really open to it, you better be open to do the work. But I find that it is monumental in my growth. And I know that that will translate its way for me. I use the analogy of a backpack. In life, you're enduring a lot of shit. Those are all little bricks. You put that in your backpack and before yes. you know it, your backpack's really heavy. And so for me, it's about taking some of those bricks out of the backpack to lighten the load and to move a little bit more freely through my life, through my work and all those things. And so I would highly recommend, and I tweet about this and now thread about this. <laughs> <laughs> I talk about this a lot on social, which is entrepreneurs really always should consider having a coach and a therapist on some way, shape or form in their equation for different reasons, for different needs. Because until you get to know yourself, you could be really challenged with your ability to just live up to your full potential. And I, I say, give that a real college try. But I love that conversation about the impact of having people in your life, like a therapist, a coach, people that are professionals at what they do. Because as a leader, whether you're managing a team within a corporation or you're building a business, like you have so many people that are looking to you to help fill their cup up, that are coming to you and just unpacking things that are happening in their lives. And if you're not doing the things to take care of yourself, it's going to be impossible to be there for them effectively and to show up to be at your best. I mean, it can be a really draining and, and stressful position. A lot of the data right now is just showing so many managers are just overwhelmed with everything going on. The world's changing and they have all these expectations of them from the people on their team and their businesses. But I think it's incredibly powerful for everybody listening to really think through, like, what am I doing to take care of me, you know, in my mental health, just for the sake of me as a person, but also so I can be at my best in my role. Yeah, I think another important aspect of a healthy entrepreneurship journey is having community. And I think a lot of people misconstrue this. I think they confuse this with a network. All of us need a network. But having a community is a bit different. And you can have pockets of people that, you know, are for very specific reasons. At the end of the day, cultivate groups, or whether that's small or large, around you, around your goals, and around your life that enrich your experience. And this is challenging for a lot of us. A lot of us run solo and we're busy building. And well, the key word there is we're yeah. busy, right? Well, so yes. busy, so busy. No, you're not busy. You're just, you got just 50,000 things that you need to do that you're probably never going to actually get to. There's 10 things you actually need to do and you might actually do them faster if you were surrounded by people that helped constantly, not constantly, but in a healthy way, reminded you of some different or new perspectives on things. You know, when I built Women Who Start Up, it was because I wanted to cultivate an environment where I was learning by putting a women entrepreneur in the spotlight and learned from how she's building, what she's building, and why. It was selfishly because I was walking into all these startup communities and all these entrepreneurial ecosystems and going to all these tech meetups and events. <clears throat> and well, there was no women in the room. I'd be like one of two or three women. And so obviously that was the springboard for me to become 
a magnet for other women who were building businesses. And it became a magnet for leaders and, you know, service providers and coaches and therapists and just people, right? Men and women and everyone in between. And that was a really rich thing. It's also at the same time, I'll say, it's the thing that nearly killed me also because I gave that community everything. So Women Who Startup was one of those things that I've built in my life, in my career, that have given me the most because it taught me so much about myself. And I hope, of course, that it was do, you know, doing the same for other people. But what was extraordinary is I learned just how much I was willing to give to this thing. Because why? Because I'll be worth more. It'll fill up like these holes that I might have had in my life. And that was the extraordinary lesson that these thousands of peers of mine gave me. Yeah, I gave them events and I gave them education and I gave them connection and access to capital and people became co-founders and all these extraordinary things. At the end of the day, it taught me who I was in a way for, you know, a 10-year period. And that's why I try to remind a lot of other entrepreneurs who are just starting out or who've been doing it for as long as I've been doing it. Jesus, I've been doing this for, I don't know. I've been building in technology for 18 years. I was born this way. But <laughs> what's interesting is, you know, a lot of other folks, maybe first-time founders also, especially, they just kill themselves. And it's like, give yourself some grace. There was a reason that that felt like necessary for you to do it that way. Hopefully you make it out to the other side in one piece and have a little bit of time and can see the forest from the trees as to no matter how hard you work in life, no matter what extraordinary things that you build, there is nothing that you can build and there is no amount of hard work that you can do that is going to fill you up and make you feel whole until you start to build a relationship with yourself, which is why am I so committed to wanting to build things in the world and all these things, not to take away your edge, not to take away your, you know, reason for doing these extraordinary things. It's to become aware of some of the dysfunction that we don't talk about in entrepreneurship. We talk about mental health and all these things, but there is also a lot of people on their soapboxes that amplifies this notion that, oh, in order to be extraordinary, you're dysfunctional as fuck. <laughs> I think that like that process it's too not just wrong. it just brings out the like you start seeing the things like your own dysfunctions as you're challenging yourself to go further like Precisely. always stepping out of the comfort zone you have the opportunity to see recognize all of these flaws and I I also feel like there mm -hmm. is a uh, balance in like taking the challenges so you can grow recognize you're not perfect yes. but then also like yes. recognize the progress you've made like make time for that as well to just recognize the growth that you've had because like the comparison trap is ugly you can always feel like you're never going to be yeah. good enough there's always that next thing exactly. and to your point like if you're not happy where you are like you're not going to be happy where you're going either yeah and i mean don't make no mistake entrepreneurship is an addiction right and building startups is truly sport that like it's a drug that you don't want to put down until you look at it and go maybe where I started was something that I felt like needed to fulfill me in a sense nothing wrong with that that's actually can be a wonderful relationship for you to have something good that you're putting your energy and your creativity and your you know heart mind and soul into 
not a bad thing, but there's like that line and we always cross it. And that's where we kind of lose ourselves. And we're all going to lose ourselves a little bit. And that, that's because we're getting to know ourselves. And it's the notion that this dysfunction is being put on a pedestal, which is to say, in order to be extraordinary, you have to be extremely dysfunctional. And I think that it has a very dangerous potential outcome because, listen, dysfunction can lead to a lot of negative outcomes onto yourself or onto others. And it's on display all the time, all the time. And you can tell. And I think if you had more mirrors in your life and you could see, wow, my dysfunction led me to something extraordinary, but now has taken me beyond that threshold into the land of, this is not good. Not for my health, not for my the people who work for maybe my company or work on my product or work for me or whatever. And my family, my self, you know, my personal health. And so that's like that tricky thing. And I think a lot of us have to have some self-awareness. And you can tell when a founder or an entrepreneur or a leader has gone for so long within that range of dysfunction and they just lack self-awareness because they become dangerous, toxic to themselves, to the people that they lead and all that stuff. And like I said, it's on display a lot. And I think it's a big conversation to be had. I mean, we're seeing it on display with all sorts of places. The new owner of a social platform, I think, has some dysfunction. I mean, all that money in the world, you could just hire a therapist and work through some shit. You could be the most influential person on earth in a good way, but there's too much dysfunction. And it translates into harm. If you're going to do something extraordinary, it shouldn't translate to harm. It should translate to betterment. It, it should be additive. That's the human experience. Be additive. Leave it better than you found it. That's not to say that that's everybody's yeah. human experience. I think a lot of people will argue with me. I'm saying at the deep core, I believe being additive is a better life. And I think also as a leader, that should be our focus, right? We're adding on to the lives of others. We're being that mirror that's going to show the strengths and the value of the people around us. And we're aware of our mm -hmm. ripples, right? We take a look and we understand the impact yeah. of our actions are having on the people around us. And yeah, this has been an incredible conversation. We definitely are going to have to have you back on the, the Leaders Lens podcast at some sign, Liz. Yeah, it's, it's just a, always a good time chatting with you. I love what you're focused on. I love the perspective you have on Thank you. just helping the people around us be better. I think we all have that in our roles. We all have influence, right, on the people around us. And we have that perspective. I mean, it can go a long ways mm -hmm. and really change some lives. So that's what it's all about. So people that want yeah. to stay in touch with you, Lizelle, what's the, where are the best places? Where should we send them? Yeah, I'm really active on social media. My website, LizelleVanViren.com, has a link to all of my socials. I'm on Twitter. I'm now on threads, very much on threads. My social handle for most platforms is at HeyLizelle. Hey, Lizelle, say hi. I'm on LinkedIn, if that's your jam. I have a really interesting newsletter that I'm failing at being active enough on, so I need that pressure. I need everybody on social to pressure me to, to have the discipline to write that. But my newsletter is linked from my website as well. I'm on Substack, so uh, moonshotswithlizelle.com if you wanted to just go directly to my newsletter, moonshotswithlizelle.com. But yeah, very active on social at Hey Lizelle. Following me everywhere, Instagram, threads, Twitter, 
you name it, or LinkedIn. And um, yeah, join my newsletter. I, I really love, you know, gaining feedback loops from folks uh, and engaging. And, and I'm planning some new community efforts. Women Who Startup 2.0 is, you know, always on the back burner. I'm like thinking about that. Moonshot Ventures, I'm preparing to launch a community of sorts for founders, entrepreneurs, and investors, and everyone in between. And then I'm just looking for the right partners to launch this thing that I've been talking about for 10 years, which is Founders Anonymous, which is curating opportunities for entrepreneurs to talk to a group of strangers as often as they need to about the things that are nibbling at them, the thorns in their sides, the things that they need to move through, basically everything we just spoke about. But I need some compadres to help me launch Founders Anonymous because I'm done building stuff by myself. Done. I love it. it. I love (laughs) it. Ready for a team. Ready to build a team. Awesome. Exactly. Well, thank you for having me, Jacob. You're incredible. I appreciate you. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you for listening to the show. Don't miss another episode of Leaders Lens and the inside scoop on becoming a great leader. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love Leaders Lens, please tell a friend.